Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. I'm going to be speaking with you today about restoration again. Uh, we've been speaking about this for a few weeks, but today I want to, to bring this down to you. I want you to begin to think of your life and what needs to be restored in your life because I can guarantee you that if you've got issues in your life, God wants to get involved. If you've got problems in your life, God wants to get involved. You have mental problems. When I say that, I'm not just talking about you're crazy. You might be crazy and you need help there too. But I'm just saying there are a lot of different issues that are connected in our souls and our hearts and our minds. Discouragement, depression, confusion. It can even be other things too where, where maybe we're sick in our bodies. Let me just say God is the answer for every problem. Jesus Christ is the answer for every problem. He is the one that has brought restoration back to man through the work that he did on the cross. And he desires that the gospel, the good news of salvation and salvation is an all-inclusive term it's not just about eternal salvation it's talking about the here and now salvation it includes deliverance from the demonic that's come against you it includes freedom and liberty not only for eternity not only from sin but things that have come in things that have attacked you things that have brought you down wrong thoughts negativity these forces sometimes we think that oh i just go through life and, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. But you need to understand these negative things aren't just simply negative things. There are forces and powers that will come against you and try to bring you down and mess up your life. And Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is here to help you. He loves to help you. He wants to set you free. He loves to bless you. So many times people think God doesn't want to bless them, that God's not a good God. Let me tell you, you don't have to convince God to bless you. You just need to line up with it. You need to begin to believe and you need to pop out of the lies of the devil that bring you down, discourage you, weigh you down and keep you in that, that, uh, that zone of not going forward in life. Some of the things we've been seeing in the verses we've been looking at recently is um, that Jesus Christ has come that you might have what? Life abundantly. Life abundantly. And that very word is contrasted with what he says that the enemy has come to do, right? So God, in, the, in Jesus Christ, has come to give life abundantly. The thief, the thief is the one that kills, steals, and destroys. Now, you need to begin to recognize he's talking about two different things. It's not just some poetic word he's got so that you can just say, oh, Jesus gives life and the thief kills and steals and destroys. It's so that you, when you're walking about life, you can begin to recognize, oh, that's not God. That's the thief. That's something being killed, destroyed, or stolen. God wasn't the author of that, if you understand what I'm saying, because Jesus, the, the Father, Son, nor the Holy Spirit, are thieves. Amen? They are not thieves. They are not here to do you wrong. 
they're not just out to bring you down. They are here to bring blessing and to break the power of hell over your life, to break the, the plan of Satan over your life. If you look in Ephesians, there's a scripture there that even says that Satan isn't just a, the one who kills, steals, and destroys. He plans on how to do it. He plans on how to bring you down. So you've, you need to begin to be aware that these things are going on in your life all the time. There's always God reaching out to you, trying to bring you into faith, trying to bring you into victory. But the normal course of life, the normal course of where you go in life without God is the place of destruction, the place where you are lured into, making bad decisions. You see, all of that is not of God for your life. This is not God's will for you. God's got something better for you. And if you've made those decisions, gotten on the wrong course, done some things that's brought craziness into your life, you need to know for certain God loves you, God's for you, and He wants to restore you. And whatever mess you've gotten yourself into, God is so great at getting you out of that and helping you. And all along the way, you being able to walk in victory and peace no matter what you're having to walk through. Scriptures show us God loves, He yearns to restore you, restore your life, restore your soul, fix what's messed up, remove inner pain, pull out the tormenting forces on the inside of you and guilt and shame and depression. And He even calls these things and many of these things evil spirits. They are supernatural forces working against you even on the inside. He heals wounds. He binds up broken hearts. And He gives meaning and purpose to life. He gives meaning and purpose to life. And you can't find meaning and purpose to life anywhere outside of God. In fact, what does the devil do? The devil has already been at work in most all of our lives trying to do something at one point, trying to draw you into something that was not of God that would make you get on the wrong course. He's the one that makes the promises and gives the lies and lures you into paths that just cause you to go in circles. It's like the hamster on that little hamster wheel. I think that's what it's called, right? He gets on that wheel trying to go somewhere. But the harder he runs, the faster the wheel goes, and he doesn't get anywhere. He's running harder and harder and harder. Now, in life, you may get one little toy. You may get another. It might even look like what you're getting what you want. But the whole point is, you're not getting God's best for you. You, you will still end up um, feeling a lack of purpose, feeling, knowing deep down you're missing out on God's best for your life, and you feel unfulfilled. God wants to break that cycle off of your life. He wants to break you out of that old mindset. He wants to pull you out, and you're going to have to be willing to make the decision to say, no more to this old way of living. No more to the devil's lies. I'm not going to allow myself to be deceived anymore. I'm not going to just flow the way I feel anymore. I'm going to go God's way because I believe in Him from today. I trust in Him from today. And I'm going to look to Him not only to give me a new course in life, 
but to break off all the junk I got into from going this other way and all the things that for some reason or another seem to have come into my life that are a negative. God restores, God redeems. His power is here today, and I'm telling you, Jesus is just as alive today as He ever has been alive. And when He came to this earth, He said, it's going to be even better when I go away because there's going to be more things done like what I was doing. My ministry's not going away because I'm going away. I'm still going to be here by the Holy Spirit, and I'm still going to be delivering. I'm still going to be saving. I'm still going to be healing. Because I'm still going to be here. And who am I going to be with? I'm going to be with those who believe. Those who are walking with me. And I will encourage you, if you walk with God, God desires for you to rise up into a place of believing Him, not only to be set free, but to be one that sets free. One that brings the message of the gospel. And you know what? It's not you that does anything. It's Jesus Christ that does it. Jesus Christ is the one who's being exalted in this hour. And He's the one that's bringing deliverance. Amen? He'll deliver us from every single thing. There's no vice you could have gotten into. No addiction that's too strong. No drive on the inside of you. You might go, oh, I've got this drive. I'm this way. You know, I'm so this way. It's all wrapped up in me. Let me just tell you, God can free you from that. He will pull that thing out of you and give you a new life. You know what the devil does? He takes who you are and he adds things to it. He puts drives on the inside of you. He puts things in your flesh and cravings and feelings that are not right and thoughts that are not right and discouragement. And he messes up everything. But when you come back to God, everything begins to be put in the right order. Everything begins to be lined up the way it's supposed to be lined up. You get your life lined up with God, and the first thing you know, all this other stuff starts getting fixed. All this junk begins to come out. I like when someone here, he, he, I met with him the other day, and he's like, Hey, man, I'm ready to get my life right with God. I just want to go forward. I just want to get all this old stuff out of me. I'm ready to go forward. I'm ready to change. I'm ready for a new life. And I tell you, if that's you, God has got that for you. He will give you a new life. And you watch how things will begin to change. And there's some of you that have been Christians and you've been stuck in one place for a long time and you're not going forward. Maybe you're Christian in name only. I don't know. But all I know is if you've given your life to the Lord, you should be changing. You should be going forward. Things should continually be happening in your life where you're getting some breakthroughs. Yeah, yeah, man, I love this. I love the, the house filling up today. <laughs> Welcome. Yes, good to have you guys. So anyway, um, I, I would want to get back to this point because Jesus Christ wants to break the cycle off of your life. He wants you to have purpose. He brings meaning to life. He gives you a reason to live. I mean, otherwise, what are you going to be living for? You're going to make a lot of money, and then that's over, and then you die? You, you know what I'm saying? What's that about? Is that what you're going to live for? No, there's something so much more than that. Your life is eternal, and you're going to either live with God or live in a different situation than that. And God wants you to live with Him, and that life starts now. Purpose starts now. I'll guarantee you if you're running after money and that's your number one thing in life, there's just a drivenness on the inside of you. It will never be fed. You'll never get that thing 
You'll never find fulfillment in that. If you think all your, you know, you're going to get your fulfillment out of a relationship. Well, you can have one relationship after the other, after the other. You'll never find fulfillment there. Even if you have a good relationship with someone, there'll still be something missing because you are made to know God. You're made to walk with God. And I just love that Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is going to be on the inside of you. You're going to hear from God. You're going to walk with God. You're going to have communion with God. And then he says he will even baptize you in the Holy Spirit. That's talking about so much more than what many people have experienced today. God's got so many things, and He is shaking the church world again with the right message. He is shaking people again and waking them up to this gospel message. It's not just God's going to make your life better. God's going to transform everything. God's going to break you out of the old. The Bible says it's a new life. It's a new life. It's full of meaning. It's full of purpose. But don't try to fit God into your old life and your old ways and just trying to make your old way of doing things make things work out. That's not what it's about. God's like, no, the old is over. Now you have to have a new purpose. Now you have to have a new reason. It's, it's life. It doesn't make any sense to confess Christ and yet go on living your own way. I was talking to somebody else the other day, and they said, oh, um, they were saved. They prayed the prayer. And I'm like, but you're not living for the Lord. Oh, I don't want to do that. I was like, what do you mean? I, you know, and he said, now, I'm not a very good person. And, I don't, you know, I, just, I want to do good enough. It's pretty much what he's communicating. I want to do good enough to get into heaven. You know, I'm like, it does not work that way. It does not work that way. <laughs> you see, you have to surrender your life to God. When you surrender your life to God, you're being reconciled back to God. Everything's going to change. The Bible calls it being born again. That means you are a new person. Old things have passed away. You don't want to sin anymore. And if you do sin, you're going, oh, I'm sorry, God. I Help me not to do that anymore. You know, I don't want to do that. I don't know why I did that. God help me. And it says in Hebrews, if you'll come to God in those times when you feel like you can't make it and you messed up, he says he understands your weaknesses and he will come and help you and give grace to you so that you can live like you need to live. Sometimes we give our life to the Lord and we're going forward and something happens. God says, hey, I've got it covered. All you need to do is confess that to me and draw near to me. I will give you what you need to overcome. Because Jesus Christ is the restorer of life. Jesus Christ gives new life. He doesn't make you live out your old life anymore. He doesn't want you to have to live out your old junk anymore. He don't want to have to, you don't have to live with your old problems anymore. You might have to walk through some of them, but you're going to do it in victory and in joy, and you're going to know He's with you, and He's going to help you. Amen? Man, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing that God does. Too many people do not experience God, even that are in the church, because they're still just trying to get a little blessing added to their old life. Oh, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm just going to add that blessing. I'm going to say that prayer. I'm going to go to church some. And, oh, man, I want to listen to some of those messages that are just very positive and encouraging. 
you don't even you don't have to be a Christian. You're not going to be offended by those messages. They're just very positive, right? They're not necessarily wrong, but every one of us needs to go through that process of going, whoa, I want to get finished with this old stuff. I want to let go of it. You see, remember when I was talking about that the Bible says that Satan is the one who steals, kills, and destroys, right? You know, if you don't let go of those things, you're giving him place to continue messing up with your life. So many Christians are still unhappy, some of them because they're still holding on to stuff. And other ones, it's because somehow they've not pressed in to the blessings that God has, or they didn't recognize that they were there, or they've not had the prayers that they need. I don't know, but I'm just telling you today is the day of restoration. I mean today. I'm talking about right now. Jesus Christ is alive today. He's working today, and whether you're here in this room or whether you're somewhere far off on, in the internet listening to me, God is alive. He's where you are. I believe he's going to touch your life today. And if you will stretch out your faith and just say, God, I need that change. God, I need a supernatural work in my life. I need supernatural help. I need to come out of the old and I need to go into the new. If you will do that today with all your heart toward God, watch. He's going to come and meet with you. And I'm going to agree with you in faith that that happened today. I'm so excited about it too. I love to see life changed. I love to see when people tell me, hey, look what, look what God's doing. Man, that's just the greatest blessing to me. When I see people begin to change and I see, man, man, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> you see, it just, it just happens when people give their lives to the Lord and they learn how to pray. And uh, praise God, we're going to be doing some praying today. Well, there's a great story. It's one of the greatest stories of restoration in the Old Testament. And it's in 1 Samuel chapter 30. And this is in David's greatest trial. You know that day that David tells all of his men. You remember David was in the wilderness. He was running away from King Saul. He was hiding. And he's got like 600 men or so with him. And one day he said, hey, the Philistines are going to be fighting Saul today. Let's go with the Philistines and be a part of that battle. Now, we don't know whether he was going to turn on the Philistines and help Saul or actually fight against Saul. I have my ideas about that, of course, but that's not the point. So they all make this decision. Okay, or David makes this decision. He goes out. They go to battle. They, they leave Ziklag, which is where they've been living, to go to battle. When he gets there, the Philistine goes, nope, you might actually turn against us, so you need to go back home. Well, when he gets back home, everything's been, this is what he finds. I'll just read it. When his men came back home to Ziklag, the Amalekites had invaded and attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. And they'd taken the women and children captive from small to great. They didn't kill anybody, but carried all away and they went their own way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was, burned with fire, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, all gone. And it said, David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Now, I would just think, you know, there are very few people here who've gone through something quite this bad, right? Could you imagine that you went out to go do something that you thought was honorable and, uh, or you thought was the right thing to do, 
and you come back and everything's messed up. Now, what would you think? How would you think? Would you begin to go, oh man, I shouldn't have gone. I shouldn't, what was I doing? I should have never gone to have done that. You, you know what I'm saying? Would you begin to go, oh, what happened? Man, look what God did. Why, God, why'd you do this to me? I mean, what exactly would go through your mind? Would you be crying like these men? I bet every single one of us would initially. You come home, your home's burned. Your whole family's been stolen somehow. Kidnapped, taken away. And they're not going to ask for ransom. They want to keep them. I mean, I can't imagine anything being more devastating than that. So, But it didn't just happen to one man. It happened to all 600 of them. They all lost everything that day. I mean, just imagine what that would have been like. And then people began to get angry at one another. They began to accuse one another. You know, by the way, when, when we end up when, go, going through times like this, what do we want to do? We want to find somebody to blame. It's just when we get upset, um, that happens even with little things. If I lose something, you know, the first thing I want to do is to blame my wife. Why not? You know what I mean? Why not lose this? What'd you do with my, make me lose my whatever I lost, right? We just like to blame everybody for everything, right? When we get irritated or upset. And that's, that's exactly what these men did. It says, now David, this is verse 6, now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. You see there? Their soul was grieved. And now what do they want to do? They want to blame somebody for their problems. It's David's fault. David's the one who decided to go to the Philistines today. It was all David's fault. We're all in this mess because we've been following David and listening to him. We can't believe he did that. Man, see, they were so upset at David. They, these are his loyal men. These are like his buddies close to him. And it says they were at the point of killing him. That's the craziest thing. <laughs> so it says they were talking about stoning him. Can you believe that? I mean, they're walking around going, we should stone him. We should stone him. But yesterday, you were talking to him. Y'all were having, we should stone him. Why? Because he made this, he is guilty. They were so mad. It's, it's just crazy to think, but that's how we are. And if you look around in America, I mean, you can see this kind of thing happening right now. And it'll continue to happen. As long as, as, long as people are living, this kind of thing happens. But it says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. So here you see, there has been a, a change in David. He's crying with all these men, right? And then he may, maybe he's hearing a few, like he hears the word stone David. Did I hear stone David over there? You know, so David somehow, it says, he encourages himself while everybody else was still all gone to pieces. And I'll tell you this, I mean, somebody has to be the one who's going to rise up in the middle of a crisis and say, I'm not going to be crying with you guys anymore. I'm not going down with you guys. I'm going to live in victory. You see, somewhere along the way, somebody is going to have to make a stand when it, they might be the only one. And so they have to say, I'm not going to be negative. I'm going to stand up right now. See, anyway, that's what David did. David says, bring me the ephod which is what he was going to seek the Lord in, the garment. And then in verse 8, So David inquired of the Lord, 
saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? God answered him and said, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail overcome all, restore all, recover all. Think about that. I, I love that word because that is the word for those who will make the decision that they're going to rise up and go forward. The word of God comes to you saying, if you will, if you will, my word to you is go forward. Go into what I've got. You watch. You will recover everything that has been stolen from you. Because who's the thief, right? He's the enemy. And who's the restorer? Who's the one who gives life? Who's the one that says, you're going to recover everything? That's God. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. So I just want to encourage you today with these words. There's a few things I want to mention. I want to highlight from this verse that we just read. And I want you to apply it to your life. But the first thing I want you to notice is, look how this was. This situation, it was too late. It's already happened. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's already happened. So many people are in situations where they're like, oh, it's already happened. I don't know how God can fix everything. All I know is God can get in your life and make it new, and God can bring restoration where something bad has already happened. He can get involved. He can, he can make everything like new. He can bring restoration into your life. And another thing is, it looked impossible. They don't know where these guys are. They're gone. It's already gone. There's, there's nothing that, you know, it's like, it's too late. It's impossible. So I just want to, first of all, say it's not too late. If you're listening today, it's not too late for God to get involved in your life and to help you out of your situation, out of your ministry, out of your issues. Nothing's impossible. Doesn't matter how big your struggle is, how big your problem is, how, how big whatever happened to you is, you've got to realize God loves you, God cares for you, and God wants to bring restoration to you. So I am asking you today, will you be willing to dare to not despair, but to turn to God and to trust Him with everything today? Are you willing just to say, God, I believe in you. I'm going to quit doing things my way. I'm going to put it in your hands, and I'm asking you, God, restore my life. Direct me in what you want me to do. Show me the right path that I need to take where I can find restoration, because I guarantee you God's got it for you. There are three things in this story that I think it's interesting that David did not do. We've talked about him a little bit already, but one thing, and I think this is so important because these are things we usually do when we're in a situation like that, right? When you're in a bad situation, what kind of things do you do? You can probably, you can probably tell me, right? Oh, when I get under pressure, I do this. When something happens, I do this. Some people, they go into depression. You know, a certain situation happens, they go into depression. Other kinds of people, you know, a certain kind of pressure happens, and, and then, you know, they might do drugs or uh, go, go drink. You know, some, someone else, they get, to, they get in another situation, and they do something different, right? So 
There are certain things we need to learn to not do, to not react a certain way when we're in a difficult situation and we need a breakthrough. First of all, David did not say, oh, look what God did. He didn't say, look what God did. He never blamed God for the negative that just happened. Now, I'll just, I mean, it's irritating, but some people, whatever happens, oh, that's God did that. Oh, God did that. If something bad happens, somebody's baby could be run over or whatever. Oh, why did God do that? You know, any negative thing that happened. Oh, why did God do that? Why did God do that, right? Well, David did not say, oh, God, why did you do that? Or he didn't tell these other guys, well, God did that. That's God's choice. He did not blame God for the bad that just happened in his life. It was clearly the enemy that did that. Can y'all see that? What does the enemy do? I have, to, I have to keep saying this over and over again, right? He kills, steals, and destroys. David didn't have to go, I wonder now, was that God? He didn't have to think twice about that. Boom. Oh, that's the enemy did that. Immediately, the enemy did that. So, what does he do? And let me, let me also say, what if David had just stayed with that point? What if he had said, God did this? I would, I would say he would have never gotten his victory. Do y'all realize that? If he'd thought that God had done that, he would have never done what he needed to do to defeat the enemy. Because he thought it was God. See, if the enemy does something negative to your life, and somehow you're confused about it, you think it's God, you will not do what you need to do to break out of that. Because you think that's God doing that to you. Right? Too many people. The devil does something, but he wants you to think it's God. Right? God's not the author of evil. He's not the author of sin. And he's not, he's not the author of confusion. He's not the God of sickness. He says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Not, I am the Lord that maketh thee sick, right? Now, yes, we can be in rebellion and all, but I'm not talking about those of us who are in rebellion that allow the covering and the, of the blessing of God to go over our lives, to, to leave our lives, you see? Now, had David been thinking this, he would have never done what he needed to have done to get victory. So God's not the author of sin, confusion, sickness, disease, calamity, torment. He didn't come up with that stuff, right? That's of the devil. Amen? Are y'all with me? Now, the Bible says that he's a good father. The Bible says he's a good father, doesn't he? Now, you might not have had a good father. I've heard of people who had bad fathers, and when they come to God, they have an issue thinking of God as a father. But if you had a good father, I mean, you realize they always want the best for you. And, and the Bible says, if, if your fathers are that way, how much more is God like that? And he wants to give you good gifts. I'll read that verse in just a few minutes. There's another verse that says this in, in the Old Testament. If, if, if a thief is caught, if a thief is caught, he's got to repay and restore. Isn't that interesting? If he's caught. Now, I just believe 
Satan does not want you to catch him. He does not want you to recognize that he's been involved in some area of your life because he doesn't want you to bring him before the court of heaven, plead the blood of Jesus over your life and say, Lord, look what he has stolen. I'm, I'm requesting uh, judgment on this situation and restoration. You see, I believe God wants us to go before heaven and know that God wants to fix things up. David went before God and he knew something had been stolen from him. He didn't think it was God and he knew he ought to be able to get it back. Isn't that amazing? He knew God would want to restore it. He just didn't know how and when. <laughs> but he's like, God, can I go now? Go ahead. You're going to get it all back. Hallelujah. I think it's interesting too. There's the Old Testament. Isn't it interesting that in the Bible it says that if a thief is caught, he's got to restore a double? And then what happened with Job? You know, actually, I mean, Job is a confusing story, but we can see that the devil got involved there, right? And the devil stole from Job. He killed. He destroyed. Didn't he do those things? But what did God end up giving him back after all? He gave him back double. I just think that's amazing that the Bible says when a thief is caught, he's got to give back double. So, second thing, he didn't wallow in his misery and his horrible feelings all the time. Now, David cried all day. I won't ask you for a show of hands, but you know, you just wonder, you know, how many people have gone through things where you were just distraught all all day, maybe a whole week. Any of you have been so miserable, you just you crying all day? Maybe some of you have been so miserable, you've gone for days and can't even eat, right? You see, David decided he was not going to wallow in the, the difficulties he was experiencing. He decided, it took it the whole day, right? But he decided, I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk in victory. And he decided that when he was still feeling bad. He decided that when no circumstances had changed, you see? And that is so key for today. Most people, when they're walking with the Lord, and something negative happens, so many have not learned how to walk in the victory. As many have said, we're supposed to be walking from the state of victory of what Christ has already done and what He's already promised, rather than trying and hoping that victory is going to come to us or that we have to fight for the victory, right? But so many people, when something negative happens, they're trying to wait until they can feel better. Or they're trying to wait until the circumstances will change a little bit. Or until time will go by and they've gotten over it a little bit, but they're still wounded from it on the inside. You see, that's not God's best. When we are in the middle of a trial, we have to make a decision. We are not going to wallow in our feelings. We're not going to wallow in our misery. We're not going to be upset. We're not going to be meditating on the negatives. We're not going to be thinking about the things that pull us down. Instead, we're going to make ourselves, force ourselves into victory. You know it's there. Sometimes you've got to do something because you know it's the right thing to do. You learn that as a Marine, right? There's sometimes you just have to make yourself 
do something because it's the right thing to do. And you know you're going to win if you do that, right? But you might not feel like it. Man, I'm telling you sometimes, I can feel so bad. I mean, I, mean, I know we've all gone through that. You, I mean, you don't, you don't want to feel good. Do you ever feel so bad you don't want to feel good? You, you know what I mean? Somebody, oh, get up. Oh, no. Oh, come on, feel bad. Come on, let's go ahead. Oh, no. Oh, I just want to stay right here. Why? You know, it's a crazy thing. There's something about misery that's got that like 2% of comfort in it. I don't know why. It's like got 2% comfort, 98% of it's just horrible, but we'll hold on to that 2%. Oh, let me just enjoy being miserable a little longer. Let me, you know, I don't want to get in bed, get out of bed and go on with my life. Let me just be a little miserable, more miserable today. I don't know why we do that, but this part of our human nature. But while we're miserable, when you least feel like getting up, you have to make yourself decide whether you're going to live in victory or you're going to live in defeat. You see? And that's a powerful thing. Every one of us can live in victory every day. Every one of us can live from a place of victory every day. You don't have to give in to defeat. You don't have to give in to that misery. God's like this. If you would recognize that I've already given you the promises, I've already told you you're going to recover everything. I gave it to you in Jesus Christ. He is your jubilee. He is your restoration. If you would learn to live in Him and to live from the victory that He's already won for you and pop out of that misery that you're in and decide I'm going to live this way whether I feel like it or not, your feelings will then change. You will change and you'll watch how all things in your life begin to turn around so fast. That's an amazing thing. I wish everybody could catch that more quickly. If you'd begin to recognize, and whatever is getting you down, if I will pop out of this, and I'll begin to praise God, and I'll begin to live in victory, this other stuff will break off of me. You see? But if you will not rise up out of your misery, you will not get victory. Think about that. You cannot enter into Christ's victory if you don't rise out of your misery. It won't just happen to you. You have to stretch out your hand. And yes, you might still feel miserable when you start, but go forward. But I want to encourage you. You got to quit, you know, talking negatively. You got to quit saying negative things about your life, negative things about your future, negative things about other people. You got to quit pointing the finger and blaming everybody else for what you're going through. And it's everybody else's problem. Oh, you know what? You've just got to shake yourself from all that junk and from your misery. You've got to make a decision. You're going to live in the victory of God. You've got to make a decision. You're going to rise up. You've got to make a decision. You're going to walk in faith. You've got to make a decision. You're going to go to God like David did, and you're going to pray. I will tell you this, for most people, victory and power is simply a decision and a prayer away. I mean, a real intense, serious prayer. It's that close if you will just take it. The step to being in faith, it's that close if you'll just take it. And ask Him. When you go to prayer, ask Him for what you need. Ask Him for what you need. How many of you have been learning that? You ask Him for what you want? Amen? You ask Him for the things that you need in life? He says, don't be shy about it. This is that verse I told you I was going to read in Matthew 7:11. Sounds like the grocery stores where I grew up. If you being evil 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father, who's in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? Man, God wants to bless. He wants to restore. But He doesn't want us in the old flesh. He wants us new. Amen? Thirdly, David didn't nasal gaze. I was wondering whether I haven't heard that expression in so long. You know, I, I'm a, a, I consider myself getting a little bit, not of the older generation, better not say that. But I should say, there's so many really young people today that maybe had a, do y'all know that expression, navel gazing? Okay, wanted to make sure it was still being used since I can't remember having heard it in the last 10 or 20 years. So there are so many people who navel gaze when they're in troubles. Now, first of all, um, if you're not right with God and you're doing things that are ungodly, you need to turn from that. That can bring troubles in your life. You can't expect that God's going to restore and bless everything and you're just, you're just doing what caused the problems in the first place. I mean, that doesn't even make sense. You know what you've done? You, you've just given place to the devil. The Bible says, give no place to the devil, right? So the way you've been living, what you've been doing is you're giving a legal place to the devil in your life. Whether it's through your thoughts, the open doors, fins, you're, you're like opening the door and said, here, um, I, I'm, just, I'm just going to allow you in this area of my life, you see? And God's going, well, I can't get involved there. You're, just, you're giving Him legal permission. You know, I, I, you know, I'm not go I can't get involved in that thing, right? I can work in you and help change your mind, but you're going to have to make a decision you know, to, to resist some of those things. Anyway, so if you're not right with God, you're not walking on the right path with God. You're doing things your way. You need to turn around from that. Again, I can't tell you how many times people come and they want, they want to be blessed by God and they don't want to even think they're doing wrong. I, had, I, I mean, I was, <laughs> I was just thinking of another individual I was speaking with recently, sort of like not living right, not doing right, but they want to know what God wants them to do to be blessed. I say, First thing you have to do is turn your life over to them. I mean, you got to surrender to them. You got to quit living like that. How do you expect God to bless you like that? That doesn't even make sense. You know, God's not going to bless you if you're living like that and you, you're openly rebellious toward God. But, but if you'll turn to God, God says He'll not only forgive you, but He's going to what? Restore your life. And He'll start right then. He starts right then. Haggai was a prophet in the Old Testament, and he was telling some people who had started doing life their own way, turning away from honoring God, and he goes, you know what? This is why all this stuff's been happening with you guys, because you started doing life your own way. You started doing your own things, right? And then he says, turn back to God. So they go, oh, wow, we didn't realize that. So they turn back to God, and, and Haggai prophesies, and he says, from today, everything's going to turn around. I love that, you see? When you make the decision that you're going to line your life back up to God, He goes, from today, everything's going to start being blessed in your life. And that's exactly what God does. I'm glad we don't have to earn our blessings, you know? We don't have, I mean, there's a, there's a thing about sowing and reaping. That's one thing that we can talk about another day. But blessings begin to come to us when our hearts are lined up with God. Amen? That's such a good thing. Anyway, but that wasn't my main point here. What I'm saying here is, David didn't navel gaze. He wasn't going, oh man, all oh, this happened because what did it happen for? 
what I do wrong? Man, man, what I do wrong? Mm. I, you know, I probably, I should have prayed more about that decision to go to the Philistines. You know, we should have fasted and prayed. I should have prayed more for, for this, our city before we left. Man, I don't know what I was thinking. Man, and I, and I forgot this. And you know what? I should have left some men to defend the city. What was I think? You see, he could have gotten introspective and thought of everything he did wrong that allowed this to happen. And truthfully, David might have made some bad decisions. Maybe if David had prayed more, maybe God would have instructed him, don't do this, don't do that. But you see, we all have weaknesses. We all have things where we miss it. We can't be navel-gazing all the time. We have to go forward in God. Amen? I know some people, and I, I could have been included in this. I had to really fight through this. Some people, when they mess up, they can spend days and weeks and years trying to figure themselves out. You know what? I do this. You know, I think I have this in me. And then like... um. You know, a month later, no, I, I think I think I had this in me. I think I, I need to, let me just say, you're working too hard at looking at you and figuring you out. You see, stop navel-gazing in your problem. Is your heart right with God? Are you going forward? Are you doing your best to serve the Lord? Well, praise God, now go forward. Maybe if you did something wrong, learn, but don't stay in condemnation and don't think God doesn't want to bless you because you made a bad decision. God wants to bless you and restore you and help you out of whatever decision you've made. Amen? So, David, David I called him David. I almost said David doesn't navel gaze. So, <clears throat> David wasn't navel gazing. And he wasn't going, you know what? It's me, it's me. He took his eyes off himself. Any kind of bad decisions you could have made. You won't rise up and believe God if your eyes are on you. Man, none of us will. We'll always be like this. Woe is me. I'm a worm. You know, woe is me. He took his eyes off himself. He took his eyes off of his circumstances, which were the worst you could imagine. And he put his eyes on God. Just on God. The God of victory. Right? And you see, you've got to be willing to do that today. You have to line up your life, as we said, if that's not happened. But then you've got to take your eyes off of you, your weaknesses, where you've messed up. You've got to take your eyes off of your circumstances and how it looks impossible for you to make it, impossible for you to get your breakthrough. You've got to quit looking at those things. And you've got to put your eyes on God. Put your eyes on Jesus. And just think about Him. These other words, these other thoughts, fears, doubts will start hitting your mind so hard, but you're going to have to get an even greater and greater focus and start thinking about Jesus. And you know how you focus on Jesus? First of all, you've got to take your eyes off yourself and your circumstances, but then you've got to start remembering His promises. You, start, you need to remember how good He is. You need to remember that He's a restorer of life, not a thief, and that he's the one that has power over the thief, and that there's nothing impossible with God. And no matter how bad your situation is, God's bigger than that problem. You see, you need to just start thinking that way. So David didn't do these three things that I just shared. 
He pulled away, and that's the, he, he did exactly what I'm saying now. He pressed in to God, and he began to encourage himself. He began to strengthen himself. You see, if he hadn't done this, he would have never made it. He strengthened himself and decided that he was going to trust in God. And uh, I, just, I just want to encourage everybody here. If you will shake yourself, shake yourself out of your discouragement, out of your funk, out of the torment in your mind, out of whatever is driving you, and you make a decision, no more. If you will shake yourself, and if you will then pull away from that, and you'll put your hope in God, God, you come through for me. God, you help me. God, you deliver me. And if you will begin to encourage yourself with the Word of God, Lord, I am trusting in you. God, it doesn't look good, but I'm not going to speak another negative word about it. And when I feel negative, if I wake up in the morning and I feel bad again, I'm just going to keep fighting. I'm going to press right through that, and I'm going to get right back into this, speaking the promises of God, believing that God is good, believing that God loves me, that God's bigger than my issues, God's bigger than my weaknesses, God's bigger than the bad decisions I've made, and God will help me. I'm not going to focus on what I've done wrong. I'm not going to focus on what the devil has done in my life. I'm going to focus now on God who's bigger than all of that, who will bring restoration if I just look to Him, keep trusting in Him, and keep pulling on Him. I'm just telling you, your victory is simply a prayer away. It's simply, if you just learn how to connect with God the way David did, you can live a life of victory. And you're going to see things restored left and right in your life. And I'm believing for that today. I believe that for us today. I just want to trust God today. Man, I'm, I, I, have to, I have to learn how to flow in these new dimensions here. You know, I, I try to be still for this, this camera, right? But um, I love to engage with people more, and I, I, I love that. But I just would say, you know, this, this morning, God wants to set you free. If there's a demonic influence in your life, if there's a demonic power, and you probably will even recognize it as I'm talking, something on the inside of you. You might even feel something like working on the inside of you. You might feel anxiety. You might, there might be fears coming up right now. And, or maybe you just know what's wrong. But if there's something you're dealing with today, I want you to know God wants to set you free. If there's a sin you're dealing with that you think you can't get free from, if there's a torment that you're dealing with, if whatever it is you're going through, I guarantee you Jesus Christ is looking down and He's not going, I'm not going to help you. you know, I can't believe that dumb thing you did. You see what I'm saying? God's going, oh. I know, I know y'all have all made mistakes. If you just turn from that and stretch your hand out toward me, watch what I'll do. Watch what I do. That's what he's saying today, you see. God wants to bring a miracle. Some of you are stuck in your work situation. Some of you are stuck in a, in a, uh, in a work environment that's, that's not right or something there in it. God wants to pop you out of that into something good, into something that's going to bring blessing. You might feel like you're stuck. I just want to say God's going to bring blessing. I'm going to pray. I want you, I want you just right now. You see, it's really about connecting you with Jesus. This whole thing's about connecting you with Jesus. You know, it's not just about you getting encouraged and you thinking, oh, you know, you, you know, let's just get, be encouraged and go about it. No, 
If you can just connect with Jesus, you can connect with a miracle. You see, people in the Bible knew that. They go, man, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just get near him, I will be fixed. <laughs> right? It's the same today. Right? So I want us just to take a moment, and I want you to be very real with God about your issue, whatever you want deliverance from. Maybe it's a memory. Maybe it's uh, guilt. Maybe shame. I want you to just go with God, and I want you to connect with Jesus right now. So whether you're here or on the um, online, I want to ask you if, you, if you will, to close your eyes. If you're driving a car, don't do that. But the rest of you, if you just close your eyes right now, and I want you to be free from distractions. David didn't go in that day to pray thinking, thinking about other things. Oh, what am I going to have for supper tonight? He wasn't thinking about that kind of thing. He meant business with God. He was so focused. And I just want you to be focused right now. And I want you to be able to bring your heart to God. What is that issue that's in your heart? What do you need deliverance from in your life? What is it that you're dealing with? What do you need to grow out of? What do you need help with in your soul? Where do you need the hand of God to work in your life? Jesus is here. Jesus is where you are. I'm going to just take a moment. I'm just, I'm just going to be quiet for like a half a minute or a minute. And I want you to pray this to God. And I want you to do it with all your heart and with sincerity. If you want to move your mouth, Hannah, you could pray aloud if you want to. But Hannah, one time, it says she just moved her mouth, but the words were strong in her heart. I just want you to pray with all sincerity today and ask God. He says, ask Him. I want you to ask Him right now for the breakthrough you need. I want you to be honest. Be honest about the issues you're dealing with right now. Be honest. Do you not know them? Are you trapped in sin? From the depths of your heart, ask Him for help. Ask Him for help. Ask Him to deliver you. Do you need direction? Whatever. Okay, I'm going to be quiet now for about just a few minutes, or, you know, a minute maybe. Just pray. Deal with God. I just want to agree with you. Whatever you're asking God for, maybe you need direction healing in your heart. Maybe you're not saved and you've, you've not given your life back to God. I'm just in agreement today for your breakthrough and I'm just going to pray right here. And then we're going to conclude and I'm going to pray any, for anyone here that wants prayer today. We're going to have a little a great time. Father, in Jesus' name, I know you've heard every prayer. You've seen every heart. And Lord, I believe for many, this is just the beginning of tapping into something deep on the inside of them and connecting with God about the issues of life, about being real with God. From today, from today, God, I ask you begin to work in the hearts and souls and lives of every single person. I claim every person today for the kingdom of God that's listening. Lord, I pray right now for a great, manifestation of the Lord Jesus in every life, in every home. God, I pray that the light would just explode where there's been darkness, where there's been hopelessness, despair, discouragement, 
whether it's been through sin or whatever, God, I just pray right now, Jesus, show up. Jesus, reveal yourself. Jesus, make people free today. Only you can do it. But, oh, God, how, how you love to do it. And you're more than able. So, God, we're just inviting you and asking you in the name of Jesus to do this today. God, we pray, look at every need of every heart. Look at every condition of every life. God, we're asking right now, God, that you touch, move, and do wonders today. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, I just know and I sense for some, this is just like a door just opened up of something in God. And God is saying, what you're experiencing right now, I just want you to keep walking in it. This connection that you just got, I want you to keep walking in it. When you wake up in the morning and you don't feel like it, uh, I want you just to look this way and enter into this again. In the midday, I want you to enter into this place again. It's going to be your hiding place. It's going to be your place of blessing. It's going to be your place of dramatic change. I'm here for you every time you turn. I'm right here. I'm right here. This is a walk. So, Lord, I want to thank you. You're teaching us all of that. And you're going to teach everyone how to drink from the fountain of life continually. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the victory that's coming to so many today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. And you have a rest, a nice rest of your day.